This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Very happy today to have another great guest who I've been actually trying to get on the show for a few weeks. Um, and it's 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 important to see, or I should I guess today will be to hear about you know w- from a different perspective and what kind of like molds one to be an agent and how you know one can be good at what they do and what they choose to do. And so I'm really proud today to welcome John Tenza. Yay! Thank you, Liz. Glad to be here. From the well, his program actually called Flying Tigers, but he himself is actually a, li- a licensed real estate agent, or I should say, associate broker with the Charles Weinhart um, Real Estate Company, which happens to be a sister company of Real Estate One. So, kudos to the power of our family of real estate. So, thank you, John. Welcome. It's a real pleasure to be here. So, yeah, today is going to be a little bit different show because actually we're going to talk more about real estate. We have involved so much in the last few shows, different aspects of people who have passion with things in Detroit and what what they do that provides passion for them. And I'm really proud to have you be a part of the show because you're going to kind of give people into the insight of, of my passion of why I do what I do because I took your class. And so I'm sure there's going to be a little quiz about <laughs> what I've retained from classes and such. Well, but. you're a superstar in your own right. So you're doing so many things correctly and making a huge difference. Uh, you get an A+. plus. Well, I appreciate that, you know, because I like to be, you know, do well in school. But, you know, f- for you, I mean, you're, you, you've been in real estate for 33 years, correct? A little bit longer than that. Yeah. 33 as a broker, 37 total. Crazy. And a billiards champion. I had to sneak that in there because <laughs> I want to talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, um, you, so you've seen everything from all angles. You, you are an agent yourself, but here you, here you are and you have been as a, as a coach for whether it be motivational speaking, you know, working better as an individual, whether it's in, in life or in real estate, correct? That's absolutely correct. And what's interesting is when you're in real estate, you get a choice as to the level you play at. And if you play small, you're using it as a hobby. If you're doing okay, you consider it a career. But when you really stand out in the industry is when you get that you're in business. And when you're in business, customer service, following up with people, finding out what's most important to them, those all play big in the results that you produce. And, you know, again, every day to me, I feel as if I'm always building on those key factors of being a good real estate agent. And um, just recently ran into a situation which I thought that I had actually gotten past but hadn't. And then, like, I will look to your expertise on how to, how to resolve those things. So I'd been working with a client for, you know, several months and then found out, you know, relatively recently that they ended up putting in an offer and with another agent. And, you know, I thought that we'd built up some kind of a rapport regarding that. So it's like, how do you, and I know you've been hit this question before with other agents, you know, how do you pose, how how does one deal with that when that happens? It's always a challenge. And one of the first things we do is we look and say, what did we do wrong? And in addition to looking at what we did wrong, could have done differently, I want to look at what you did right. Yeah. In today's fast-paced market, when you're working with someone that long, they're indecisive. Yeah. And they have a hard time making a commitment. Right. Because there are plenty of properties to find and buy. 
Right. And what that means is that they're kind of fickle, to tell the truth. Sure. So they could be working with you and then cheating on you, working with a couple other agents that they're not disclosing because Mm -hmm. they have had a bad sales experience in the past. And so, therefore, they feel they're leveraging by getting a lot of people working for them. Right. And, in effect, what happens is they don't get the best results. So it is sad when it happens, and really it comes down, as you know, to communication. Right. And you have to get an alignment or an agreement with them. If I'm going to be loyal to you and give you my time and energy and efforts, can I count on you being loyal back to me? And unfortunately, there's a famous saying in real estate that buyers are liars and sellers are storytellers. (laughs) And it's not so much that they are liars. It's that they change their mind. Sure. Uh, They could love you to death, and they walk into this one home, and they're like, oh, my God, this is it. We've got to call Liz. And the agent says, well, offers are coming in. If you want it, you better write it up. And then they panic because they want the home and they're thinking about them. And they'd like to work with you and you've done nothing wrong. It's just we don't want to lose the home. Right. And sometimes that's when an agent loses it who's done an excellent job for them. And it, you know, that agency again comes up time and time again. As as I'm, I'm thankfully in a position now where I'm bringing on another new agent, so excellent. I'm now looking as taking on that role more as being a mentor. And that's one of the things in, in lieu of this that you know we we discuss quite often. Like we should push the agency relationship first and foremost. And I keep you know thinking about how important you know this as now business is for me. And it's I can choose who I you know, want to work with. Yes. And those people should know that they have just as much as a big commitment as they have to work with me on what they're, you know, looking to find. I equally should expect the same commitment from them to want to work with me. You know what I mean? Yes. And so, then in, in, in addition to what you're saying, when you're showing homes to people, sometimes they don't know. And so if you're showing a certain style because they think that's what they want, Mm -hmm. is it really what they want or is it someone from work told them, oh, you should buy in this area, this kind of home? Someone else says you should buy this one. The wife is thinking, gosh, I'd kind of like to get one like grandma used to have. So they don't really know sometimes until they're in the field and seeing what's available Mm -hmm. that I like this, I don't like that, and it kind of narrows it down. But the the case where it's most frustrating is where someone is taking a lot of time to find a home. Right. And then sometimes you have to revisit the goals and say, folks, we've looked at a number of homes. If you had to buy one, which one would you buy and why? Mm-hmm. And then if you bought that one, what changes would you make? What work you, would you do? What remodeling would you do? And sometimes that gives you an insight that they've actually shifted a focus from what they want and they didn't tell you. Right, right. Yeah, and I, and I try to keep on reminding myself the importance of that communication because it's you may be thinking it in your head, but not relaying that properly to your client and vice versa, you know, because, well, yeah. I love what you said, and I don't want to cut you off, but mm-hmm. when you say properly for all the listeners, I don't want them to think they might have done something wrong. No. Communication is a dance. It's an elegant dance, and you're in and out of rapport, and you're working to constantly be in trust and good communication. And if people are overridden in their brain by emotion, logic falls to the side. Right. So you could have done a lot of things right, but all of a sudden they were so emotional that it's like, oh, let's just do this. Or something happened. They had a bad day. They got cut off at work. You know, the one of their children are sick. Something's happening. And you send them a text or an email. And sending a text or an email is kind of convenient today. But if people are in a bad mood, they can honestly read those electrons on a screen in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh 
I remember when I first started texting for that very reason because I didn't like it because too much can be inferred of one's tone. Spot on. Just based on the link, you know, the words that they choose, where it may not even be that way at all. And I, yeah, I'm trying to make more of practice to call people up when I get a text that might sound frantic mm-hmm. to get a better interpretation of it firsthand versus automatically going on, you know, on a raw emotion potentially of what that may mean. Well, that's why you're an outstanding agent because when you get any kind of vibration or tremor in the force, if you want to say that from your buyer or seller, what they're really saying is something's up in my life and I want you to notice, I want you to pay attention. And so when you respond back and say, I could tell from your email, I could tell from your text, I could tell from your voicemail that you're upset, that there's concern, that there's a challenge. What can we address? What would you like me to do? That's that's just brilliant. Yeah. And I, yeah, again, it's always a work in progress, but I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, keep on working at it. That to me is the biggest part of what it is I do, you know. Um, now with your experience, you said you've been uh, real estate now 37 years, broker yes. for 33. Is that yes. right? So. In in that time, of course, your your prior experience or or along those lines, where you're also doing this um, coaching and teaching, is that kind of did they come hand in hand? Well, it kind of grew out of being in real estate. Mm-hmm. I started out downriver mm-hmm. and very quickly became a top producing agent, and then that broker went through a divorce, and I was recruited heavily by other companies, and I selected to go to the number one company in downriver out of a hundred companies. And in two months, I was their top agent. Fantastic. And then that broker bought a company in Lincoln Park, and it was in a franchise, and it was like number 13, only because there was nothing between it and number 12. <laughs> so it was really dysfunctional. Yeah. And he asked me to go down there and manage it. And in six months, we turned it around. It became the number one in the franchise. Wow. And then six months later, I bought him out with a partner and then bought my partner out and then mul- multiple offices. Mm-hmm. And then um, got married and had some children and decided to change my life again and sold my real estate companies and moved to a different area and started taking different seminars and classes and sharing some of the things in the classes. And much to my surprise, other brokers from different parts of the country would say to me, would you come and teach our people how to do that? (laughs) And so that's actually how my speaking career was born just from sharing things that had worked for me or things that I had done where I blundered and made a mistake and what I learned from them. Sure. And the exposure that you have now in various real estate markets, I presume all over the country, correct? In Canada. That's huge. And how long have you been doing that? How long is the... Well, I, I started my corporation, Question Masters, mm-hmm. and I, I found that being in sales or influence or working with people when they're making a big decision has a lot to do with asking good questions. And so I started noticing that typically people in sales love to tell and talk. Mm-hmm. But when you do that, you're really regurgitating what you know, not finding out much about what's most important to them. So I created this concept that when you ask better questions, you get better results. And it's kind of common sense if you think about it, but most people want to tell you what they know. Yeah. And when it, you ask what's important to you, what do you want to accomplish in this move? Have you ever moved before? What was that like for you? I mean, they seem like innocent questions, but people really get engaged. And when you watch them and you really clear your head, not from we're taking turns talking, but there's nowhere else I'd rather be. What you're saying is important to me. I'm going to really give you appreciation and acknowledgement by being in the moment with you instead of multitasking or thinking about what I say next. 
it's amazing how people feel comfortable with you and they just open up. And very quickly, they'll share things like, I can't believe I'm telling you all this. <laughs> well, you have rapport. You, you've gone deeply into that relationship. And at that moment in time, they want you to be their agent. And so there's really no trick to being great. It's just really being great at finding out what people want you to do right. and then working hard to accomplish it. Right. And in I'm seeing more of an evolution in, now in real estate with people establishing teams. How, I mean, and as I now brought in a new agent, you know, I guess every individual has to establish like when enough is enough, if that's even in a, you know, a phrase to say, but you know, of course people want to continue to keep on growing, but yes. I think to continue to, to be able to de- deliver that level of customer service, you know, um, you know, you, people may have to sacrifice on a certain things or, you know, on, on, on getting bigger or like things shift. Cause one of the things, you know, I notice and seeing a lot of big agents, um, that have multiple members of their team, it's not necessarily working with that individual. It's also with the people with them. So it's beyond the name itself. And I guess, you know, part of what I love so much about my business is being able to, be the one that works with those individuals, you know, I mean, they're with me and I get referrals because of, of me. And it's not necessarily because of other people that work with me. So I guess, you know, my challenges or in the, in the question to you is, is, is I face is like how to, how to keep that momentum going um, with bringing on new people. So you don't lose sight on, you know, the point of, of the business, which yes, it's growing. Yes. It's keeping the client base, but, you know, not spreading yourself too thin. That's an excellent question. In fact, uh, just a few weeks ago at the Breslin Center, <clears throat> excuse me, I was the featured keynote speaker for the managers and brokers in Michigan mm-hmm. at the big conference they did. And we talked about leadership, communication, and results. And what's interesting is the session after mine was talking about building a team. Mm-hmm. And in that process of building a team, what was very clear is there was a lot of confusion on the right way to do it. Yeah. There were a lot of ways that worked. Mm-hmm. But what was most important was communication and standards and getting rid of assumptions and holding people accountable for what it is that you expected. And the truth of the matter is, if with your reputation already preceding you and being a superstar agent, if I joined your team, I honestly would be intimidated because <laughs> – People would expect me to be Liz level right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So one of the best things you can do as a team leader is to help your people so that when they do show up and the standard, the bar has been raised because of who you are, that they don't let you down, number one. Right. And number two, that people aren't saying, well, you know, she must be too busy now. She gave us this other person. Exactly. So that person really has to be an extension of you. Sure. And that means that if they're working with you as a buyer's agent or a seller's agent, They want to get familiar with properties. Maybe you're going to shadow them. Maybe you're going to take them with you a couple of times so they can see the smooth, the ease, the the way that you work where people just open up and feel good about you. And it's not about pressure or selling. It's just really about good communication. And where I see teams fail is where someone is so busy and they bring people onto their team because they're busy. I need more people to help. But those people really don't get the guidance that they need. And then, therefore, they're left to make it up or try and figure it out on their own. And that's where you're going to get a disconnect from the superstar level of quality versus this newer person who's growing. Because the truth of the matter is every single one of us was new at one time. I don't care what business you're in. But the thing is that when you're looking at somebody who's real and who's vulnerable and is really making a a true effort – 
uh, you'll forgive that person because sure. they had the best interest in mind. Right. And so one of the most important things I teach teams that I coach or agents that are bringing other agents on with them is to be real and just say, you know, I don't know that and I'll find out <laughs> right? instead of just making something up. And you sure. know what? Let me just text Liz right away. I know she would know the answer. And so that's another thing your team needs to know is that you are like right there for them. You're their shadow. Right. No, and I th- so far actually my the new member that I brought on brought got to his first deal accepted and which was really great and nice. I helped him a little bit along the way, and he has a great background himself knowing a lot about real estate in Detroit and now it's just kind of like funneling it in in the direction of actually being the selling agent before he was like reporting on cool properties in the in the um, downtown area but now he's actually the one that will be facilitating people to actually get those properties so I feel really fortunate of of bringing him on board um Paul thank you Paul um and I guess as we move forward um one of the things that I still find to be challenging is w- when working with teams, how you possibly divvy up certain leads. Like, so this is what I'm going to tackle. And when is it time to, you know, give him the reins of being able to move forward? You know, because I think it's still very hard because I feel like I, I develop so much myself in being able to like not not necessarily pass a baton. But, yeah, it's like a team. So, yeah, I am sharing that with this other person now to make us all still grow together. So it's not just a responsibility of him but also of myself. I love, Liz, that a number of times you've mentioned continuing to learn, to grow, to grow together. And when someone is, how do I bring this person to my team and what do I hold them accountable for and what do they do at this level – It's always a challenge, and so you might want to start your day off and just look at what that day is going to look like for them Sure. and say, so what do you have on your agenda today? What are you hoping to accomplish? How are you going to get there? How can I help? Mm -hmm. And then that lets that person know that you're there with them. They're not on their own. Right. And at the same time, it lets them know that as they're going through some things, there's a learning curve. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm going to show homes to prospective purchasers, and I'm newer in the business, I might take the time to go on the computer and do an analysis of what that home is selling for in the neighborhood, what some comparable homes have. So when the buyer looks me in the eye and says, so is this worth what they're asking? I'll be able to say, well, a home on A Street, B Street, Street Street, this one has this, therefore it is. Uh, I can also let them know possibly that I previewed the homes before so, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, before we take a look at the homes today, I took the opportunity to preview them so I would have firsthand knowledge. And that also would give your new teammate an opportunity to say, hey, Liz, this home had that. What do I do? What do I say? And I know that sometimes newer agents like balk at that and say, oh, I don't want to do that. That's a waste of time. But it's not because they're learning the area, they're learning inventory, and they're learning the competition. Right, And then this way, when someone asks them a question, they know that there's a base of knowledge behind that answer. Right. Yeah. I, I, as you know, I, I have clients that um, look to me for, you know, any aspect of real estate. So it's not just specific to Detroit. It's they know how I work as an agent. Yes. So they, they kind of look for me as their, you know, as their guidance towards other areas, which is also what I like. And, and again, having that familiarity, I think, is all important because is important because I feel, um, 
you know, coming from a background of doing sales for my father with this custom window treatment and blind business, I got to go see a lot of these surrounding areas of Wayne and Oakland and surrounding um, communities going into a lot of these new developments. Mm-hmm. So I had that kind of exper- exposure of like going around to different areas. So I see that that experience and that knowledge base is really important to how you know what you're talking about because I think that's so much about how people will trust you is like how well do you really know it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And the fact that your father gave you a gift of actually going into strangers' homes (laughs) and talking to them and you see right away they're not scary once you cross the threshold, once you're inside the door, uh, that does – that shifts because people really want you to be good when you show up. Right. And when your reputation precedes you, there's a bar that's been raised and they're expecting you to be good. So when you're at the level you're playing at, you can't have an off day. You're always on stage. That's true. That is so <laughs> true, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Um, now, as you you know are progressing through this coaching, I, I assume you're not seeing that slow down in any time soon, correct? No. Coaching, uh, my particular coaching is coaching to greatness. Mm-hmm. And... It's really not about force-feeding you or making you do things. Mm -hmm. It's finding out what lights you up, what you have passion for, and then getting you really great at it. So finding your lane and making you fast and better at it. And for some people, the coaching is you shouldn't be in this career. It's not an easy business. I mean, everyone thinks, well, I'll just go into real estate. But there are long hours. There are weekends. There are money investments out of your pocket before a property sells. So you're totally at risk spending lots of money. Uh, I have a client, and they're in Minnesota. They've transferred there. They have a vacant home here. We just had carpeting and the floors refinished, and I wrote a check for $2,500. i am waiting for that to close months sure. in the future. So there is a cost of doing business. And mm-hmm. when you start out, you start thinking to yourself, well, I can't afford to do that. And the question is, are you focusing on nickels and dimes, or are you right. focusing on the big return that you're building a business? Right. So sometimes, like you said, you have to take the seminar, you have to take the class, you have to get the experience. And I tell new people, you can't mess up as long as you learn. Right. So you're going to do something, someone's going to buy from someone else, someone's going to list with someone else, and you're going to find out what did I do wrong? What did the other company have to offer? And Mm -hmm. so you better yourself. So it's like next time I'll present this way, next time I'll offer it this way, next time I'll find this out ahead of time. So for all the new agents listening to this show – Know that there is hope and good things, you know, are there for you if you're persistent and you continue to practice your your skills. I know now now that I know that I've created a business out of, of real estate, I almost think when I was going through these um, challenges in college to know what to study, I'm like, I should have been a psychology major, <laughs> not an English major, not a biology major. It should have been psychology because so much I think it's still trial and error. You could read any textbook that says you, you know, says what you should look for in personality and understand different things. But, you know, and unless you're really there in front of the people and actually communicating, do you really know um how you're going to work with this person and what you're willing to, you know, work with to make something work, you know? Well, there's basically four personalities. <laughs> and one personality would be like your engineer personality. <laughs> and that person is going to take their time. They're not going to proceed cautiously. They're going to want all their ducks in a row and lots of information. And so if you're working with them and you say, oh, you better buy this home, oh, this is not going to last. 
even though you're telling them the truth, they're hearing pressure, they're feeling pressure. And so for those folks, you need to say that, you know, this is a great home and other people will discover this also. If we make an offer now, we'll have a better chance to get it versus when seven other people decide they want to buy it. Sure. And so then you have other folks that, you know, their bottom line, don't waste my time. I don't need to see 30 homes. Just show me three. I'm going to buy one. And they're decisive. So when you're working with them, you can't talk slower. You can't be lackadaisical. You can't tell jokes. you got to be task-oriented. And then there are some other folks where they might have been wounded or they had a bad experience, and now they need some hand-holding and guidance, and they want to know you're going to take care of them. So it's still the same people. It's just you're going to modify a little bit what you're doing. Someone needs information. Someone needs just get to it. Someone else needs some hand-holding and feeling good. Right. And the fourth personality just wants to have fun. Yeah. So no matter what you do, as long as you make it fun, they're going to like you. Exactly. Well, and I think, you know, thankfully the, the number of years that I've been doing real estate that I've been able to juggle all of those personalities and, and look forward to, you know, definitely continuing on that path you know, in the future, as well as bring in my new um, agent, you know, kind of knowing and, ex- and wanting to experience the same. Because that's, you know, I think as I see into the future as much as I possibly can, that's kind of like the legacy that I want to leave. You know, I want I want people to see that, you know, I, I was hopefully a, a driving force in helping them make a very good decision. Nice. You know, and... Um, and what you just said is really true. Mm-hmm. There are some times when it's called buyer's dissonance. It's a psychological term. When someone is making a big decision, they second-guess themselves. (laughs) And so for you to help them be in the driver's seat and make a decision that's really right for them, that's, again, what a pro does. They stand up and help people make a decision when it's time to do so. Yeah, and and I think, you again, because um, I know that there's still classes I need to take and some classes I need to take again. But I feel very fortunate that I took the opportunity to take the classes, and that brings you here today. Wow, thank you. And we've come to a quick close for our show. That was You're kidding. I know. Can you believe that? I know. Maybe I should make it an hour. I don't know. No, <laughs> I don't like talking that much. But, again, it was a pleasure to have you on the show today, John. I thank you very much. Thank and, you, Liz. Um, I look forward to seeing you soon in classes because um, I already know that I've got to go to a few more. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you, everyone. Um, again, some great new listings that I have um, coming on the market within the next coming weeks at the Park Shelton. A new listing, as I mentioned last week, uh, the one-bedroom townhouse I have, I'm going to be listing next week, Monday. So, again, please contact me either Facebook, LizInDetroit.com, or cell phone, 313-617-2699, or, of course, my website, LizInDetroit.com. Thank you again, and I look forward to talking to you all again next week. This is a previously recorded episode.